You're listening to That's What I Thought, a casual conversation about life, love, relationships, and the lessons we learn. Here are your hosts, Micah and Annette. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, it just felt right. I don't know why I needed to do it, but I just decided to do I feel that. like sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to say. So I just gotta make a noise and then it'll come after that. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I was like, I don't know how to start it off. So I'm gonna make a sound and then maybe I'll figure it out. Just give me that little extra time to process my thoughts. So welcome back. <laughs> so that's what I thought. Uh, we're super excited that you guys uh, have taken the time to listen to us. Uh, it's been such a blessing on us to just be able to do this. and It's been so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, We love doing it just for us, just be able to talk together. and Conversations we get to have with people yeah. and getting to kind of be in people's lives without being able to like talk to them all on the phone every day, but yeah. hearing there. Exactly. Speaking of hearing things, did you guys hear our new uh, intro? Ooh, choice oh, transition. Right? So good. Oh, yes. Uh, my brother-in-law, Annette's brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Caleb Carr actually made that for us. and it's Yes, Caleb. It's pretty nice. I specifically requested the whistle. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's so happy. It's happy. We also have our friend Megan Podell, soon to be Urgle. Soon to be Urgle. Right? Who made our sweet new uh, cover, as I'm sure you guys also noticed when you were looking for a podcast. It looked a little different. Yeah, hopefully Looked so. a little amazing. So, yeah, we're super excited about that and just the ways that we're growing. And speaking of to be... growing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> speaking of growing, you can go ahead Master and. Master transition today. <laughs> go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram at That's What I Thought Podcast. Oh, we really appreciate that. Also, uh, we love it when you guys comment on it. It's because then we could see what's connecting with you guys, what's. Mm-hmm going on in your lives and we also would be super interested in just different things that you're learning that we can learn from so it's not just the things that we're learning about but mm-hmm. um because we are always trying to learn more things and if you know something that we don't know then we want to know it yeah right a friend yeah. um shared that they're learning about singleness Ooh. and what that looks like for them in this season how god uses that and also someone else was thinking about focus Ooh, focus. what yeah. that looks like yeah i like that so yeah, it's also fun to be able to highlight and use our other friends' really great gifts. Oh yeah. So like Caleb and Megan, because I'm not a graphic designer and I'm not an audio engineer, but we have great friends who are gifted like that. So oh, yeah. it's cool. It's just fun to see, like, because you know that's the body at work. Scripture says that like we're one body, many parts, and we each have different gifts to give. Because you're not great at everything. And that's okay. If you're great at everything, then you be got it, but you're not. So Yeah, so don't be God. So don't be great at everything. Don't even try it. It's not gonna work. <laughs> no, but for real, celebrate your other friends' gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and um while on the topic of celebrating gifts, if you wanna go leave us a, a review, preferably five stars, we mm-hmm. would also appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're listening to your podcast. I know Apple Podcasts, I've done it on there before. It's pretty easy to do. But and also, if you're using Anchor, you can send us a little audio message, or if you want to support us financially, or um, you want to just comment there, you can do that. Also, I know you can hear our dogs in the background. Our dogs' names are Tuck and Ryder, so just see so them. You can support them, too. If you, can, you can also support their well-being. But, 
All right. But today we are going to talk about the super fun and exciting topic of grief. <laughs> yeah, grief. It is a good, it's a very important topic. It's an important. Yeah. And these are our last two episodes of the Healthy Conversation series. This is true. We're going to talk about grief, but this is one of my favorite topics. Last week we talked about communication and communication studies. And I studied communication in college. And one of our final projects was to do a, eight-minute, completely memorized speech, including our citations and everything. So it was really, because you had to do like all of this research and everything, it's very in-depth. So it's it's pretty difficult, more difficult than it sounds to do one of these speeches. And um, our overarching theme was community, and I spoke on um, grief and community. And so it was just a really insightful time and I learned so much about the process of grief and what that looks like and how grief, we grieve so many more things than just like a physical death in our life. Not that that's not important. That's like a major place of grief, but it's a pretty common place of grief. <laughs> yes. So my speech, I started it this way, babe. So I'm going to have you, I'll have both of us answer this question. Okay. When was the first time you remember realizing that like you would die? Oh, like my, like people died like people died yeah i don't know if i remember that i remember growing up always being afraid of like uh like nightmares where i would die Interesting. and that was always or like my siblings or my parents would die mm -hmm. and that was always scary because i'd wake up and like they're dead so i had to go check make sure that they're not actually dead so did you have like you had to have had a concept of death before you had those so much Dreams. I, I don't remember i don't know what happened in my past <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember if maybe there's a you know like a great grandparent or something that had died there's something that introduced me to the idea of death i'll share mine and then maybe it'll trigger yours because mine was when our cat died mm. i remember i don't remember which happened first now i know they're around the same time when my cat died and then i realized like my mom would die eventually and, <laughs> and then i would die <laughs> and i would die no exactly that was the exact progression of thought because our cat like he he was old she he i can't remember now i was little it's a cat it was a cat his name was boo i think it was a he <laughs> it's embarrassing but um it's general because he died in our garage so it wasn't like like i saw it happening you saw him die yeah oh and he that's was traumatic a, well i mean it's just that's one of the benefits of like farm life i think because you just you learn the reality of farm those life. things yeah because you like you didn't grow up on a farm though but i lived in a rural community okay <laughs> you're, you're right i am a poser i didn't grow up on a farm i grew up in a parsonage but i did live in farm country so there's a lot That's of things I, I appreciate about yes that I affirm that. <laughs> well, we had a cat. <laughs> so maybe the better thing to say is I think pets are also helpful in yeah. understanding death and the process. Because, like, my point being with farm life is, like, you see the progression of life and death and just its truest reality. Like, yeah. you don't get to just block it out. Like, they're birthing calves and you're seeing – I mean, you can go to the Elkhart County Fair and to the – the maternity barn or whatever it's called and see them giving birth and things like that Just and then pooping babies and then obviously you're sending animals to the butcher and 
so questions arise. No, Where no. is this animal going? Why shouldn't I name this animal? Why <laughs> What's wrong with naming it Betsy? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, so my cat, yeah, I remember him dying so in the garage because he was just like gasping for air and then like he passed away. And there was nothing we could do. He was just old and it was just his time to go. But I okay. remember it very vividly. And then I remember... I mean, this was around the same time I accepted Jesus because I realized that death was a reality. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that to be my finality of like, I just die and then there's nothing. That was very scary and daunting to me, which is probably like, I think people are probably like, you don't think that as a six-year-old, but I did. Promise. (laughs) I remember it. Remember what? I remember thinking like, oh, you die and then there's nothing. Oh, yeah. And I don't want there to be nothing. That sounds awful. No, I didn't see more thoughts like that. See, I just encounter so many people who are like, kids aren't smart enough to process that information. But I just think that many of them are. Oh, yeah. They're smarter than we think. I agree. Unless we're just geniuses. <laughs> we're brilliant. We are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that happening. And that was my first kind of encounter with like physical death, like yeah. something I loved dying um, and then in high school, I had a friend whose mom had cancer. And so there's the dogs again. I'm going to murder <laughs> No, you're not. Let's <laughs> be a little bit more grief here. <laughs> Stop. Um, and then, so I had the privilege of being able to walk with him a little bit through that process um, of, that's a very different kind of grief, like anticipatory grief when you know it's going to happen very soon like that's very different than like if you were to suddenly die in a car crash like it's just you process it a little bit differently it's still grief but um so we walked that out and then right before well my grandma passed away while I was in college so and that was I mean awful it was just it was well it It was was, well it was a bad how she went was was uh, not yeah. fair. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't an easy, like she passed in her sleep kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was just messy and not what we wanted it to be. And then my senior year, first semester, before I took my speech class, we had a professor. He just had a heart attack out of the blue and died. And it was, I was with my, one of my roommates at her friend's wedding when we got the call. And we came back and they were just having like a gathering for communication majors that night to like just be together, which was really cool. So like speaking of, I'll, we'll talk about this later, but like how to be with someone when they're going through something like that. But it was just quiet. They kind of like talked about what they knew as far as what happened and just gave us time to be together and be quiet and things like that. And it was, I mean, as awful as it was, it was powerful because I feel like God really worked through me in the supernatural way. Like I just felt like I sh- I should sing. Like we should worship right now. So I went to the front and I found a hymn book <laughs> and just started singing. And everybody like kind of just jumped in. It was just I, it was just kind of what we needed to break the like the awkwardness and to like bring some peace. So just like saying like how great they are and some other song. And then my professor contacted me because we had like a little on-campus gathering for him then later and asked if I would say something um, 
because I guess just because of that experience we had in that gathering. And so I got to share a little bit. And I mean, I wasn't the closest with him. I took probably one class with him when I, because he was a radio prof. And so I started with him, but he was always very kind and always checked in and just was a really cool guy. So um, it was just neat to be able to share some hope. And I shared about like the story of it as well, the him. And I could go into that too, but um, it was just powerful to get to speak into that situation where I really didn't have a right to speak into it, like comparatively, like there were people there who had so much of a stronger relationship and things like that. But it was really powerful to me that I would be let into that inner circle to just like share the love of Jesus in that moment. So then after that senior speech, I was like, feels like the obvious thing to do is talk about grief and community and what that looks like. And so just researching it, I learned so much um, about grief as far as physical loss, but also grief in so many other areas because there's a lot of misconceptions I think we have about grief, but it's really um, such a powerful thing. And it, its scope is much broader than we realize. So like when we think of grief, we usually think of like the death of a loved one and a funeral and all of those things. But grief can look like um, having a really horrible chronic or terminal disease and living with that, like walking with your friend through cancer or um, kidney failure or um, any of those situations. And it can be losing a job. There's grief involved in that. There's um, grief involved with anything that looks different than you may have expected it to. Losing a job, moving somewhere, um, any sort of loss that happens. And I think our tendency is to just skip over it and dismiss it because we think that's the stronger thing to do. But I think that God has so much healing for us in that. One of the things I discovered, excuse me, through my research is that like the same way your body, like when you're sick, it throws up because it's trying to get rid of like the bad things in your body. Too soon. Yeah, Micah just went through some of that. <laughs> um, but that's a great example. Your body is trying to get rid of something that shouldn't have been there. And it's the same thing when you grieve. It's your emotions trying to get rid of something that shouldn't be there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think when that analogy clicked for me, I was like, wow, that changes so much of the way that I look at grief. Because especially in 21st century America, we don't really like to look at anything that's messy or ugly or inconvenient. So like in a simple example, we flush all our body waste out the toilet and we take our trash to the curb and we try to get that stuff away from us as soon as possible. We don't like experience it the way that a lot of people who might live in a third world country or at other times in history, you just had to live with those things and like figure it out. Like, yeah, poop is a pretty common thing or like your trash. Yeah. What's it's in front of you. So, you know, it's there and you have to pay attention to it and deal with it. Um, 
I think grief similarly, we can feel so uncomfortable about it. We just want, we want to escape that uncomfortableness as fast as possible. So I think the good example would be like when you're at a funeral or like somebody, you know, loses someone, you go to the funeral and that person probably has a lot of attention for like two weeks. Then you go back to normal and everyone gets, goes back to normal and you all kind of forget about it. But that's that person's everyday reality. Now their entire life structure has changed. So I always try to be intentional. Like if it's a big loss to like write it on my calendar so that I can bring it up again or like to make sure like maybe I'm not the person who's there right away or maybe I am depending on how close of a friend I am to them but maybe a month out instead of two weeks out I'm saying hey how are you doing and checking in and listening have you ever had those experiences Uh, what experiences of just like trying to evade the uncomfortableness or like seeing other people try to escape it of like grief specifically yeah um yes and yes and no which i hate that phrase Uh, (laughs) yes yes but actually no (laughs) um i don't know i i i I can't tell my coping mechanism i guess would be to just think about it very little and to try to it's usually like to I want to be distracted and want to laugh, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I don't want to be sad because otherwise I'll just stay there. And so mine is instantly to try to laugh and try to be you know lightened up, lightened-hearted, like just I, I want to giggle, all right? Giggle and have fun mm-hmm. during those times, and so which is why, like me personally, I'm. I'm bad. I'm really good at empathy, but I'm not very good at sympathy because like sympathy, like it's more, I'm going to sit with you in this issue or whatever is happening. I think that's empathy. Empathy is like, I can see why you feel the way you feel versus like, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to sit here and be here with you which I'm not good at. That's empathy. It's not empathy. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Empathy is when you can put yourself in the shoes of the other person because you've been there. And sympathy is when you're on the outside looking and saying, like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I'm bad at that. You're bad at the sympathy one? Yeah, I'm bad at sympathy. Oh, that's good. Well, empathy is a much better thing to be good at. Yeah, that's true. But (laughs) when it's time to be sympathetic, it's really hard for me because I'm like, let's just not think about it or let's do something different or I'll try to, you know, make jokes or not at people's expense, but just to like my thing is like, let's go do something fun then. Let's go do something distracting. And then people, some people don't want that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes I think that's good. I think it just happens at different points. So like, I think when people think of the psychology of grief, they think of like the five stages. So like depression, anger, denial, um, 
bargaining and acceptance. And they tend to think that that's a very linear process. Like, oh, you start with denial and then you go to depression and then anger and then eventually you're done. Whereas actually scientists are like, hey, we've studied this and it's really more these happen they can happen all at once. They can happen at different times in different orders and they happen all over and over and over again. It really is just like so unique to that person and what they're experiencing. And like, I think we feel all of them and I felt them for like things much less than um, like losing a loved one. Like I felt them for leaving jobs for sure. Hmm. Like all of those stages, but so like in different parts of those stages and at different times, even moment by moment, that's the thing. It's not like, oh, today I'm angry and tomorrow I'll be depressed. <laughs> it's like this moment I'm angry, this moment I'm depressed. And it can be like just very volatile, especially at the beginning. Um, and it could be for a long time. But that's why like, I mean, I've been at funerals where you're laughing one minute and having a good time and then you're crying and that's all it's healthy expression of emotion because you're just feeling all of the feelings. So like none of going in and wanting to have a good time and like help them have fun is also good. It's just like being aware of where they're at and what's helpful to them at that time. Yeah. And that's what I'm bad at. Of knowing? Of, yeah. Of being like, I don't know how to help you oh. it's also why i'm not good with infants right it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah of like i don't know i'm not good with them how to help you and then yeah so it's it's a lot of like i don't understand where you're at right now is it because the communication isn't like very upfront like they can't tell you exactly what they need yeah that makes sense and so i yeah and so my default would be to just make the mood lighter mm -hmm. and so that's usually what i go for and then if that's not working i'll try to just assume that they want some alone time and i'll boogie on out <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um i think when it comes to thinking about grief and just the process of it there's this picture that i think is a really great illustration where they have like like a button like a self-destruct button kind of button, not like a button on your shirt, but like a... Yes, I like understand which kind of button you're talking about. I know, but <laughs> they didn't see my visuals, so I'm trying to explain. So like like that kind of button, okay. and then it's like there's a big circle around it, like it's on the edge of this big circle. Is that a bigger button? No. In the circle, <laughs> there's a really big ball, like it's taking up almost all the space. So at the beginning of grief, this ball is huge and it's hitting that button over and over and over and over again. And that button just represents like you're feeling grief. However, that response, whatever the other feeling may be, anger, depression, bargaining, whatever, it's hitting that button. It's like when you, um, like if you've lost somebody or like you had a breakup and you saw someone who looked like your ex, that's boom, it hit it hit the button. And suddenly you're feeling all these things. You're like, why am I upset right now? That was two years ago or like whatever. And it's just, it hit the button. And so 
the illustration is like the ball at the beginning is really, really big. And over time, the ball might get smaller. So it hits the button less often, but the ball is still there. So the point of the illustration is like at the beginning, you might see someone's grief a lot more and they might be more expressive with it because it's hitting that button over and over and over again. So you can't really hide it. Whereas like now, so many like eight, 10 years later or more decades later, something could still hit that button and like you as a friend on the other side of that, seeing that still have to have compassion for that person that they're wrestling with that grief does that make sense yeah that's really challenging to me because i think my default is to be more like hey pull up your bootstraps and let's get going (laughs) like deal with it um until i experienced some of those larger griefs and then that grew my compassion for other people to be like what do you mean by larger groups um so like when i was a teenager it was really hard for me to relate to my friend who um had kidney failure because i just had never experienced anything like that and so i couldn't be empathetic to her because i never like i couldn't even pull from a moment that was similar to what she was going through um and like now not that this is the same thing but like having gone through losing a grandparent and moving lots and lot losing and changing jobs and breakups and things like that, just experiencing grief and hurt and loss in general, even though they're different kinds of grief, like they're different experiences, I can understand grief. So I can be like, yeah, I don't understand what you're going through. I've never gone what you've gone through, but I understand grief a little bit and that really hurts and so like I know when I was walking through those things I wanted someone to just like sit with me and understand because I didn't understand (laughs) so like being able to talk about those things was really helpful (laughs) what do you think what do you think well I'm just I'm just getting started but do Uh do those things resonate with you yeah is that helpful? I just don't want to be the only one talking. So if you have a thought, I wanted you to be able to share it. Uh, no, I think I think that's all the thoughts that I have. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of information. I'm still processing myself. Yeah, no, I get that. So, yeah. Um, which is funny, too, because your personality plays so much into how you process grief. Like even if we get into an argument, you'll process internally for a while before talk about it. Whereas like, I just want to talk about it immediately because I process externally. And so that's another way, like people's, people's grief just looks so different because every person is so different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to close up now because I know that's a lot of information, even just to start um, thinking about grief in your own world and own life so i kind of want you to use this as a jumping point to think of that grief in your own life and then next time we're going to talk a little bit about like what that looks like then to be a friend and 
walk through that with someone as well as some more of those um like what to say what not to say and how grief can really apply to all of us in this past year so hang in tight i know this is a heavy one <laughs> but it's an important topic so glad you're hanging with us Bye,